This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will then be delivered to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Always cheating listeners get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code BLUEWIRE at checkout plus shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. You have no excuse anymore to wear clothes that don't fit. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. We're brought to you this week by Indochino, Harry's Razors, and Untuck It. Brandon, I actually wore an Untuck It shirt this week, and I quite liked it. No one even told me to say that, Brandon, but I did. I wore one, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I did, too. I wore my Untuck It shirt to work on Monday, and my boss was like, new shirt? And uh, I think he was genuinely curious as to where that shirt was from. <laughs> uh, so, Brandon, how are you? Uh, great, Josh. Thanks for asking. A game week 12 is in the books and another international break is upon us. So, you know, it's always awkward to podcast going into an international break because we like to gear a lot of our thinking toward the next game week. But we have two weeks to go. So I think a lot of this is just going to be us reacting to uh, basically Liverpool winning the league. Did that just happen today, Josh? I don't think so. And uh, I mean, how many points were they up before they played Man City in the second half of last season? Was it seven or eight points? I think the the league was pretty substantial when they played uh, in January of last year. And, uh, you know, the difference is is, is about the same. So um, I, it's far from over. Um, I, I, I think this Liverpool team looks a little more... Uh, they just seem like a little more hard to beat, to be honest. And Man City yeah. don't look as good. I mean, it's hard to 
see Man City being nine points better than them, or I guess eight points because they'll probably have better goal difference at the end of the season. Uh, they just their defense is is a problem right now. And we're obviously going to talk a lot about Liverpool and Man City on this week's podcast. In fact, we have a special section just for Liverpool and Man City. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, Brandon, how was your game week? Um, yeah, I was above average. So game week 12, the average points were, were 48, and I'm on 55 points. It was an up-and-down roller coaster of a game week. The Vardy captaincy felt great. It was huge. Uh, we were talking at the Black Horse this morning about uh, watching Tammy get his goal, get his two bonus, and then immediately you kind of want to, because you didn't captain Tammy, you're like, well, I would like to just have that goal and those two bonus as my captain. Totally. Can I change it? (laughs) Yeah, eight points in my hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah, are worth uh, 12 in the bush? I don't know. Right. Um, So, yeah, suffering through that first half of Leicester Arsenal, not really knowing what the outcome was going to be for Captain Vardy, it felt... Awesome to walk away with 12 points doubled there. The rest of my team uh, is a bit of a mess. I mean, uh, Aguero, that journey has uh, come to its conclusion after the Liverpool match. Aguero's got to go. And uh, not for want for trying, Aguero. What, a, what an odd sub for Pep to just pull him off and replace him with a yeah. Gabriel Jesus that has no confidence right now. We disagree a little bit on this because I, I, I didn't think he was at his best, but uh, we, we've already argued about this at the Black Horse, so I don't think we need <laughs> yeah. to go on about right, it anymore. Right, right, So then, yeah, my midfield uh, with McGinn, Sterling, Mount, De Bruyne, nothing to write home about there. We're going to have to do a bit of an overhaul in the coming weeks to get some Liverpool attack in there. And my defense, I talked on our Patreon podcast on Thursday about – dropping Issa Diop to bring in George Baldock and double up on the Sheffield United defense. Great idea, right? And wow, how would it have come through for me this week? Yep. But I lost my nerve and I decided to go for the value pick. Sergio Rico just slot uh, that cheap guy on my bench and he auto-subbed because Matthew Loughton didn't play for Burnley. So I lose the Burnley clean sheet and end up with a one-pointer from Rico, which didn't feel great. The Loughton mystery. Uh, we have no answers to the Loughton mystery. So that, that yeah. mystery will have to carry over possibly over yeah. the entire international break. We'll have to see uh, what happens yeah. there. And Brandon, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> I guess I guess the last thing I could say about my team is probably my favorite thing that happened this week, um, maybe even more than Vardy, was Matt Ryan continuing to come through against all odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredible. A seven-pointer after letting in three goals, you would assume you see that scoreline for Matt Ryan and you assume a penalty save is involved here somehow, right. somewhere. Right. But he is the new Lucas Fabianski. He is a save machine. And I guess it's like it's a delicate combination of Brighton being just good enough that they concede poor shots, but they're just bad enough that they concede a lot of poor shots. So mm-hmm. Ryan, he's he makes a lot of easy saves. The ball hits straight at him. But he's also been flexing out a lot of these saves, too. I think he looks great this season. Yeah, he does look great. And so I, I guess the question that I have for you is, uh, and, yeah, in fact, he's, he's sort of single-handedly keeping the idea that you don't need to rotate 
your cheap keepers alive, right? Because Pope yeah. is Pope right. uh, has these kind of extreme uh, home and road splits right now, where they're they've been pretty solid at home. They've kept three clean sheets, I think, in the last four home matches, but uh, they've been woeful uh, on the road this season. And uh, but Ryan himself has been uh, pretty much bringing in the points wherever he is. I mean, maybe not getting a clean sheet every time, but you know, like you said, picking up tons of saves and bonus points and things like that. So my, my question for you is you, you have, you've had these two transfers and you sort of sort of holding on to them, like, like cash <laughs> under your, like under your mattress or something. Yeah. Uh, at some point, are you going to unleash these, these two transfers? You're just going <laughs> to carry them over until the game week 38, you know, and see what happens. Yeah. Was this the third week in a row where I've had two free transfers and I just spent spent one? I think the I've second, been waiting. But yeah, I've been yeah. waiting to figure out what I'm going to do with Sala or Mane, and mm-hmm. figuring out who I want and which Man City player I want to get rid of. It has to happen this week. Uh, I I just can't see how. And and right now my mind is totally colored by that Liverpool City game, and City looked incredibly jaded and out of sorts. That yeah. could certainly change in a heartbeat for them, um, yep. given their quality. But it's just a huge huge concern. So this is the perfect time. You, you you talk a lot about international breaks are the time to play your wild card. Well, this is the time for me to play my two two frees. So. I, I have that problem to solve in terms of how am I going to alter my attack. But also, I was talking to you about how my defense is – I've gone fully extreme on the get the worst, cheapest defenders in. <laughs> yeah. And it's starting to look really ragged back there with with Rico, Loudon, mysterious Loudon, uh, Navarro who doesn't even play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lundstrom, I need I need to get some good guys in al- al- along the lines of Tamori and and Soyunju and and that type. So uh, the two frees are going to involve a little up, a little in the front, a little in the back, a mullet transfer. Okay. <laughs> I like a reverse mullet, I think, right? Yeah, or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how that metaphor works. Uh, well, I, I'm excited because I finally picked up a win in our 50-buck cup. Uh, I, I needed one. I think you'd won four matches in a row or something like that. And so that uh, hot streak. Oh, very, know, always it, very tight, though. Two one-point head-to-heads for us uh, that I edged you out uh, the last two weeks. And then you just mm-hmm. totally blew me out of the water this week. I feel like that's always the way. In our, I don't, it must say something about our managerial styles or something like that, where I feel like week in and week out, you, you tend to nick me by one, two, or three points. And then I'll have like some week where I'm like 12 to 15 points ahead. Or, you know, does that... Yeah. That so you know jive with your feeling about it as well. I'm not sure what that says about us exactly, but it does well. And I, I think it's that's just FPL, right? I think those wild swings. Uh, sometimes I will have one of those, Josh, but I think they come <laughs> with big course corrections for our teams, like uh, when. You alter like you brought in Vardy and Telemans this week. Everything aligned. Right. You you made a very affirmative change, and it paid off. And it's just going to be a big points boost for you. My team is a little bit in in stasis at the moment. So I I think if hopefully if I make some um, uh, positive changes, maybe I'll get a bit of a swing there. Yeah, that's true. And two, you know, two transfers in hand is always uh, a good to do that. Always nice to have that of the international break too. It gives you a little coverage, you know, in case uh, anybody gets injured or right. you know, comes back late. You know, if they travel to, to you know South America or something like that, which which often happens. 
Um, so yeah, I finished on uh, 73 points. I did, I did burn four, um, to bring in, uh, Tielemans and, uh, and Jamie Vardy. And, uh, it you know, certainly that worked out extremely well. Um, so I was very, very happy about that. Um, and uh, yeah, Who did you game drop score. for those two guys? I dropped, uh, Josh King and Kevin De Bruyne. And, uh, so I was a little, obviously, worried about De Bruyne but I was also at a point where I just didn't care anymore you know I feel like you 12 I mean 12 weeks in is the point where you're just like I don't care about coverage picks anymore like I'm just I I I felt like I I was not you know one assist no goals for the last four matches for De Bruyne make that one assist and no goals in the last five matches for De Bruyne uh this is talking about the Premier League specifically and I just felt like um I felt like I needed to change my team up and I also felt like that was I wanted to hold on to Salah because his ownership was lower, and I, and I just I like his fixtures up ahead more, and I was just willing to take the risk that that Salah could do something, you know, in this home match, and so, um, you know, so I feel really good about that because um, that's a that was a six point uh, swing right there um, from from KDB to Salah. I mean, we'll see how that plays out over the next you know several game weeks, you know, assuming I don't move back right. to, to KDB at some point, but yes, yeah, so I feel, I feel good about that. I like my team a lot more moving forward. I sort of regret a couple of moves I made a while ago to bring in uh, Connolly. Now he feels like a, a hole in my, like he, he just feels like a problem that I have to solve soon, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. So I think Connolly is out. I may burn four again, uh, going into game week 13. Let's, you know, wow. we'll see. Um, I love it. Yeah, I it's actually I've already burned for three times this season. And, you are uh, gagging pressing FPL right now, Josh. <laughs> yeah, and I actually think it's it's worked out well. I think two out of three of those times, very well in two out of three of those times. Uh, and so yeah, I moved up uh, two hundred thousand, which also feels good. I was um, I was around uh, six. I was at six twenty six, and now I'm at four twenty seven. So one hundred ninety nine k jump, and four twenty seven feels like that's getting me closer to a. Uh, an overall rank that I'm a little bit happier with. So, uh, so that feels good. Green Arrow is always nice to get going into a, um, you know, an international break. Normally I kind of hate the international break. This one I'm not, I, I feel like I need a little break, you know, personally. Um, I, uh, we've been trying to be a lot more positive on the pod and I think it's, I think it's made for honestly, you know, full disclosure, better podcast, but I also think it's, it's an attitude I've tried to carry over to my fantasy team too, you know, and just trying to be a little more like positive, taking some risks, trusting my instincts a little bit more. Uh, and yeah. you know, whether it's, whether that has actually led to better game weeks or not, I don't know, but it's my third green arrow in a row and uh, I feel good about my team right now. So that's, that's our team. Uh, how about the always cheating super league, Brandon? How do those guys do? Girls. Fantastic. Women. As always, uh, mm-hmm. let's let's start from number 10 and work our way up to number one with the Super League, which you can join with the league code that says that's at alwayscheating.com. So in 10th place, it's Muhammad Al-Basari. Uh, as everyone knows who listens to this podcast, your your names are all about to be extremely butchered. <laughs> in ninth place, it's Kim Andre Ofis. In eighth, Declan Ryan or Reen. Seventh place, Hugh Patrick Campbell. In sixth, it's Christina Hogsith, Declan Kelly in fifth, holding strong in fourth. It's Christopher, Christopher, Christopher. Sorry, I had Chris Christopherson on my brain. It's the Chris, Christopher with the K that threw me there. Christopher Bergman, welcome to the welcome to the league, Christopher. Third place, Bradley Perry. In second, it's Owen Hogan, and in first, respect Budinho, who's have having an amazing season, eight hundred and four total points, and he is ranked. 24 overall in the world. Another great week for Woudinho. 
Very impressive. Yeah, he's. Uh, I feel like the top top five or six, I feel like, have been pretty steady the last few game weeks. So uh, congrats to those managers. Uh, Brandon, we have a poetry corner this week. Uh, of course we, we do. We actually... We have some patrons who can write poetry. Uh, you know, the original, of course, is Lucian Madison, one of our very yeah. first patrons. Yeah. So shout out to him. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but one of our producers, producer Kaya, comes with a, a little a short little uh, – I don't, I don't know what meter this is in, Brandon. So I'm just going to read it and you can tell me later what, what meter it is. <laughs> okay, sure. Right. I'll let you know. Yeah. Iambic pentameter perhaps. Uh, no hammer can kill a bee, yet the palace was invaded. They broke all the crystal – and a new castle was born out. New foxes are foraging and wolves scraping by. The arsenal is thinning and the sterling is dropping still. Even the liverboard is eating the seagulls and canaries too. Wow. Wow, it Deep. really ended on a dark note there. <laughs> it did. <laughs> some, some bird yeah. on bird violence. <laughs> yeah. It's, it make, I, like, I like anything that makes watching sports feel a little more epic. So uh, I'm a big fan <laughs> yes. of, of all sports related poetry. It reminds me of like 1920s baseball writing a little bit. And like yeah. uh, back then it was like there was no, you didn't, I don't know. It was, it was not the like traditional box score style. And so you have these people like Ring Lardner who just write like these sort of like Grantland Rice, these like long, beautiful, yeah. um, sort of like this, sort of like Kaya's uh, poem, <laughs> you know. So uh, we need more of that in sports. Can't just be conversations about VAR, Brandon. I think epic poetry has to come back in a major way. I heard that uh, Watford are having their fans help them redesign their crest. I think they should just get Grendel from Beowulf, the ultimate of all idea. epic poems, as their new yeah. mascot. Get that hornet out of there, this moose or whatever it is on their badge, and just go right. full terrifying Grendel beast. It's true. Would it be Grendel or Grendel's mother? I guess that would be the. That's, well, yeah, that's, that's for, a good point. Next, Way to call me on this podcast. A classic yeah. Frankenstein's monster sort of a blunder <laughs> right. I just made there. <laughs> well, they he Grendel did exist as well, so it's very very complicated, and uh, we'll save that for our English lit podcast, which uh, you and I produce uh, tw- twice weekly. Um, and, uh, so look for that. Always, always reading, uh, that podcast is called. So, uh, keep your, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> keep your yeah. ears out for yeah. that one. All right. Maybe, uh, maybe we will yeah. unload that po- uh, poetry podcast on our Patreon subscribers, on our exclusive supporters feed, which you can get access to. You get an exclusive podcast every week. If you're a Patreon supporter, just visit patreon.com slash always cheating for more information. Josh, why don't you thank our new Patreon people? I'd love to. Thank you to our new Lord Sorloff patrons, Toothless Gibbon, Mark Daffern, and Simon Aronson. Thank you as well to a new Pookie patron. Brandon, Pookie may have fallen. Actually, you know what? You know what Pookie has done? He has fallen to our level. You know, now, yeah, now he we belongs. We brought him back down to Pookie. our level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All of our all of the patron saints of the podcast, uh, Quadmo Poku, uh, Sam Vokes, uh, Dia Mercy Ambikani. Alexander Sorloth. Lord Sorloth. Uh, yep. None of them are, are even in the Premier League anymore. And Pookie's on his way out, too. So uh, congrats, <laughs> congrats to uh, – anyway, congrats to Georgia Perfiris, who is a new Pookie patron. Thank you to all of our new patrons. If you support the podcast and uh, would like – okay, here's a question, Brand. I'm gonna, I'll put this on the on the Slack feed for the for the patrons. But uh, let me know if you want us to do a traditional fantasy podcast this, this week um, as our bonus podcast or if you want it mm-hmm. to be something a little bit different. If you want it to be us you know, talking about um, you know, the Star Wars franchise or um, 
uh, I don't know, the best movies to watch on Netflix or I don't know, like how to make the most of your Spotify family membership. I don't know. Anything like that, you name it, and uh, we'll talk about it. I'm just thinking about things I could actually talk about. So uh, you name it, and uh, we'll discuss it on this week's pod. Uh, once again, that's patreon.com slash always cheating. Thanks to everyone who currently supports the pod. I'm just imagining a lull in any silence, and you're you're just sitting there saying, hey, anyone uh, feel like talking about Star Wars? I feel like I've been in that situation with you before. Hey, yeah. Do you want to talk about a smart playlist and Spotify and how to maximize them? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about FPL related things. Today's topic, we're going to talk about swords and shields and other uh, hot topics. We'll be right back. All right, Brian, we're back. We're going to talk about a couple different things on this week's podcast, slightly different podcast. We're not going to be doing a Game Week 13 preview. It's just a, a little too early right now. And so I want to talk about two things. Uh, one is we're going to talk about Liverpool and Man City, obviously. Um, it was on a lot of people's minds when we did our call for questions. And, and uh, you know, understandably so uh, with, uh, with you know, blanks up and down on Man City and lots of injuries and then Liverpool uh, looking a lot stronger. But I want to table that just for a moment because I want to talk about something that I think is something that's worth thinking about as you go into the international break and as you think about um, the rest of the season. And, um, you know, for a long time, maybe the first 10, 12 weeks of the, of the season, I guess you're really going into this last week, I have been pretty cautious when people come to us and say, hey, should I try this move? Should I try that move? Should I do whatever? And Early on, I feel like my response is usually no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I, I, like yeah. I'm saying no a lot. And, I, you know, sometimes I'm wrong, of course. Um, sometimes a, a risky move does does pan out. But um, but usually usually you're right. And you just stay the course and, um, you know, kind of go with the high ownership players. There's a reason that they tend to be the top point scorers, all that stuff. Uh, but I think that we're sort of at the point now where you can start to get a sense of, what the people above you are doing and what you might have to do to overtake them. Um, you know, a lot of season left, but I think that it's time you can start to be a little more strategic um, at this point in the season. Uh, do you agree with that? I do. I think you're, we're being blessed now with certain players that are emerging that do offer some sort of FPL output. You, you immediately think of somebody like Christian Pulisic, somebody who we weren't talking about for the first 10 weeks of the season and now they're a bona fide, you know, lock into their starting lineup, and they're um, an FPL point getter. And we have a handful of those that we uh, can legitimately talk about putting in our team that we may not have had a few weeks ago. So it does feel like a good time to pivot and find those. I mean, it, it's kind of broad to call them differentials because I think it's just sort of um, they're yeah. low ownership players. So, yeah, I mean, there's this there's this original post that was on Twitter that got a lot of attention. Uh, I guess it was about six months ago or so. It was, it was during last season and um, it was FPL. I don't know if it's Rooser or Reuser. I don't know. It's FPL R-E-U-E-S-E-R. -E -E uh, and there's sort of this differential talk, but he used the term uh, sword and shield. Uh, which has um, kind of like a D and D feel to it, but I, I nevertheless, uh, let's say instead of D and D, well, it's you, just you, old. you say that so dismissively, like you you don't hang yeah, out I'm, with geeks and dweebs. Oh come on! I mean, I've got a <laughs> weekly fantasy podcast. Like I'm not a I'm not cool in any way. Uh, but FPL reuser says uh, and this was I think it was actually in response to to somebody else's post, but um, it's sort of become a. Um, 
something a lot of people have, have thought about and talked about since then. Uh, and he says, uh, no player scores each and every week. Uh, sometimes you have more blankers than most. That's just probability. Your template is your overall rank shield. Your differentials are your overall rank sword. Finding the blend is key, but the ratio is dynamic. Ideally, you want tomorrow's template. So this idea of sword and shield, and just for anyone who isn't aware, a differential, which is kind of a uh, niche fantasy term, is basically just a player that you have who has low ownership. You know, a fantasy game is a lot different than a draft style game because everyone can own the same players. So often what people try to do is find a player whose ownership is low because if they do well, that's a real chance to jump over all the other managers who don't have that player, you know, the whatever they, you know, the 93% of the managers that don't. Um, and so this idea of certain shield, I've been thinking about a lot because when I made my transfers this week, I, I, I feel like I did a little bit of both, which is that I, I brought in Jamie Vardy who has, you know, great fixtures. Um, he's in great form. His ownership is super high. There's lots of reasons that you'd want to have Vardy. It's a very, it's a safe pick, but also a pick that, uh, he's captainable, you know, lots of reasons you want to have him, even though his ownership is really high. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, uh, his ownership is not so insanely high either that um, that you're just playing defense. Like you can, especially yeah. if you're going to captain him a lot, right? So even because you know there's this idea of like effective ownership, um, and you know, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, everyone owns him, so it doesn't matter. But if you captain a player that game week, then you effectively have 200% of that player <laughs> that yeah, week, right. you know, and so and you don't just own him. You kind of super own him. Yeah, so and Vardy um, is only owned yeah. by 33.1% of all managers. Right. So it's, it's, it's not a third of the game at all. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I thought about who to sort of drop to help fund this move. And I thought about, uh, Mo Salah, Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling. And I ultimately went with, uh, I went with, Kevin De Bruyne is the player that I dropped, even though I think Salah in some ways was the more logical pick. Um, ankle injury, not in great form. Uh, you know, probably not the best fantasy asset in that midfield right now. Um, but to me, I kept him just almost entirely because his ownership was lower. Um, and I just felt like he's, I mean, he's got a good track record too. It wasn't like, you know, so it's not a complete punt, but I just felt like I was willing to take the risk on him, even though his form has not been great. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect of him in this, this Man City match because I just wanted to have another one of these sword type players, which is a player who can get you big returns, who isn't owned by a ton of managers. And at this point, Mo Salah basically is a, a sword, you know, to continue this analogy, yeah. you know, having him right now can really help you uh, overtake people in the over people in the rankings. So um, I don't know if you've been thinking about this at all, or I, I know you're familiar with this, with this analogy, uh, but as you know, as a guide, you're thinking, I'm glad that you brought it up this week because I think it does – I need this to be reaffirmed in my FPL thinking because if I look at my Sergio Rico transfer this week, it was not a sword. It was not a shield. It was like I was on the field of battle and I picked up a clump of mud. So, <laughs> I mean – and and that's not – it's not to say that every transfer that you're going to make week to week is going to be some sort of revolu- revolutionary um, – battle device that's either going to help really solidify yeah. or boost Crossbow. your rank. Yeah. Sure, maybe uh maybe some sort of a, a hidden dagger in your boot or <laughs> catapult. Um, yeah. Yeah, a, a poison chalice of some kind. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rico, yeah. yeah, definitely just a a clump of mud with with maybe a rock hidden inside of it. But I, I, I the other transfer that I was thinking, as I mentioned earlier, was Baldock. And if you look at those two guys side by side, I guess hindsight factors into this a little bit. What we know about those two players, and Baldock is an aggressive, getting forward defender for a kind of a dynamic team. Maybe that was more of a sword pick. And if I start to think about my transfers in these more coded terms, it will help me because I'm in a place where I think most managers are. You know, I have a middling overall rank and I'm having to fight tooth and nail to to get a green arrow and 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 get my rank up to where I want it to be. So I have to start thinking about making those aggressive transfers. Now, Aguero for me is my sword. And I think, you know, that that explains why I've held on to Aguero as long as I have. Sure. Because I have viewed him as a sword type player. And uh, that can be that can become a problem, I guess, too. Right. Like the uh, Mm -hmm. you can get over reliant on a certain player as a as a sword, right? Like that you sort of are like, well, I, his ownership is low and so I'm going to hold on to them. And I, you know, sometimes that can be a problem too. Well, you know, that's, that's what happened at the start of world war one, right? Like France showed up with ball bearings and, uh, catapults and the Germans had automated, uh, I was it Germany. Somebody else it, it showed up on the <laughs> battlefield with machine guns. So Aguero seems like an outmoded, um, battlefield weapon at this point i need to upgrade um so you know there's a question here from uh miles offside podcast where he said uh is it time to hashtag make fpl weird again and start breaking out with some low ownership players and i was thinking about this question and thinking about uh my answer to it and i mean yeah we could just come on here and say that it's a super long season and that we're one third in um and, you know, you should just stay the course and be steady and that you'll probably overtake a lot of people just through your own steadiness. That doesn't work for me personally. Uh, I, I, It could be the right answer. And I think it's almost like for some people that is the right answer and you can just kind of like stop listening to the podcast. Right. I don't know. Like, you know, it's your sort of, like it's, it's the right answer in some ways, but I think there is an emotional component to it as well. Like if you want the game to be fun, you do need to, to, to bring it. Like, I, I don't know. I just, for me personally, it's like, I, I do want to do well and I want to be consistent and I, and I want to have these shield players too. I want to have these high ownership players and I want to, I don't have a team full of crazy swings. Um, but I do think that there are times when you can, you can start to pepper your team maybe a little more than you have been, you know, and I feel like that's sort of where I am right now. I want to, I'm sort of, I want, I want the the next few transfers I make to be bringing in players who have ownership of, you know, 20%, 15%, you know, or less. I don't want to help perpetuate this idea that somehow picking low ownership players is weird. Um, It's just how the game is played, right? I think sometimes we lose sight of that, particularly the, uh, Uh, FPL managers who spend a fair amount of time discussing online with other managers where you do start to converge on a template. The game is actually to be the person that picks the different player that does very well. So uh, it's not you being weird. It's you just being a good FPL manager to try and find those players. Uh, Don't feel like an outsider is my message. (laughs) You're not alone. Is that, that's the the basic message Well, the hope is that you are alone. The hope is that you are alone, but um, make FPL cool again. Make FPL like a, um, I don't know, 
just make <laughs> FPL. I get rid of VAR. That's what I want to say in this moment. <laughs> that's a great count. Anytime you don't know where to go conversationally, <laughs> it's like just just bring that up again, and everyone will nod their head in agreement, and then you can move on. So with with the, with that sort of idea in mind, there's a couple questions here that I thought we could just sort of talk about with that with that idea in the back of our heads. So FPL Jacket Potato. That's a that's a wild name. Uh, was that that was that FPL Potato Jacket, and they've changed it to Jacket Potato? I don't know. Uh, says. Uh, is Martial it's like when uh, Virgil Van Dyke switched to the name on the back of his shirt to Virgil from Van Dyke. It's just everyone's doing it. <laughs> Wait, is it Virgil now? It just yeah. says Virgil on the back it of his shirt? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I did not realize that. Wow. Uh, it says, is, is Martial worth the risk at his price? I know he is so injury prone, but could it work this time? So what do you think, Anthony Martial? Let's, I, let's I, I, I watched... I watched that whole uh, United game Sunday morning, and Rashford and Martial, they look great. They will do this, of course, uh, every month or so when healthy. They were doing Mm -hmm. this at the start of the season. I mean, it really did help that Paul Pogba was playing in the midfield at that time as well. But Martial and Rashford seem to play so well together, and I like it. And there are a few other players that I think are going to come up in this – the next few questions where I think if you're going to move on somebody like Martial, do it now. Don't hem mm-hmm. and haw and think you're going to do it in a couple weeks time. He is a foreign player. And I think these types of foreign players, are, it's important to get them when they're in form and going yeah. back to our whole low ownership, uh, you're diverging from the template discussion. You've got to be the first to get there. So move now. Yeah. I, I I think the trick with a player like Marcialis's price point and how do you fit him into your midfield? Because then we get into these conversations of, well, is Mason Mount over uh, your third midfield player? Who are you Who are you going to chop to get rid of? And is that the right decision? But yeah, I think Marcial is worth a, is well worth a pun right now. Yeah, I think. Um... I think he is too. Uh, I worry about his next fixture. Uh, I don't. I just don't really trust any assets going into the Sheffield. Going into Sheffield United. What is the name of their stadium? I, I guess I should know this, but I actually don't. Uh, wherever they play, <laughs> they've been they've been quite strong at home. Uh, but after that, uh, they've got a, a couple of nice uh, fixtures coming up. Uh, they play. Uh, Aston Villa and Spurs at home. And I think at this point you have to consider Spurs at home to be a, a pretty good fixture, don't you? I mean, at least from an attacking perspective, you'd expect them to, uh, you know, and I just feel Man United are so strong at home this year. I, yeah. You know, I was talking about Bur- Burnley earlier and having really strong, you know, home and road splits. Uh, but it feels like that's kind of the case with Man United as well, where they're just, you know, as you might expect, you know, I mean, great, great stadium, great fans, um, but they, it feels like they really, they really do come on at home. And, um, you know, I think about that today, obviously that we had the, the Chelsea match in game week one um, as well as, um, as well as a couple others. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm into the Martial thing. I was a little on the fence about it, but um, yeah, I mean, talk, just thinking about his ownership too. I mean, he's under 10% ownership right now. Uh, like you said, yeah, make the move early, and um, you know, and it certainly wouldn't be shocking if they scored away to Sheffield. You know, um, and you know, you, you bring in John Lundstrom for his yeah. goal scoring threat yeah. anyway, not for not for the clean sheets. Bramall Lane, Josh, is the answer to the question you were asking ah, earlier. One other thing, lane, right? this is like long, long-term magical thinking, but uh, game week 18, Liverpool doing their whole Club World Cup thing. 
And you're starting to think, which midfielders am I going to play in the absence of Mane and Salah? And Manchester United play Watford in game week 18. So he's an option. Okay, so counter to what I was saying earlier, get him now or don't ever get him ever again. (laughs) If you don't get him now... He's somebody yeah. that we can come back to and discuss ahead of game week 18 when you're looking for some yeah. some goal scorers, some attackers to come in and, and fill that Liverpool gap. Gotcha. So the answer is get him now or get him later. Uh, either way, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> um, there's a question from uh, Emil Seedlick. He says, is this the right time to swap Mount for Pulisic? Uh, yeah, again, I, f- I kind of feel the same way about this move as I do about Martial in that, yeah, if you're going to do this, do it now. Even I, I think I might actually be higher on Pulisic than Martial just by the nature of Chelsea's attack. I mean, game week mm-hmm. 13 is a little troubling in that they play away at the Etihad. But, right. you know, we'll discuss at some length after our next break about how Manchester City's defense is doesn't exist anymore. So and yeah. Chelsea pretty much focused solely on attack, which is really exciting for a player like Pulisic. He, he's finally found his role in that team, and his yeah. role is just to run at the defense and cut in and take shots, and it's it's really exciting. I think Chelsea seemed to be more of a consistent attacking team than Manchester United as well. So if I had to pick between Martial and Pulisic, I think right now I'm leaning Pulisic. Would, would you lean the same way? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to split between those two, uh, especially because Martial looked really good at the start of the season. Then he was just injured for so long um, that it, you know I feel like it's it's a little harder to assess him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pulisic just is in such amazing form right now. He's just he's so aggressive, uh, and I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what the international break does. I mean, I think uh, for me, I think I do want one of these two players, and I think I actually Mount is like hanging on by a thread in my team right now. It's yeah. probably true for a lot of managers. I mean, he's got, you know, one assist, no goals in his last four matches. Always looks good, you know. Yep. Uh, but it's, there. I mean, honestly, it's Pulisic has kind of taken his spot a little bit, don't you think? From he a, occupies that tacky. I, I agree. There's a there's a, that pocket of space over to the, like the left upper corner of the 18 where you would see Mount move into often at the start of the season. And now Pulisic, I think he can just cover more ground. I can't even cast my mind back to what was going on there pre Pulisic and Colin Hudson O'Doy, um, who were, who was filling in that pocket of space and maybe it was Mount, but yeah, when you, when you, when you look at it this way and Mount suddenly is just a glorified James Ward Prowse, he's just on some dead balls and, occasionally sneaking into into the box to pop a rebound into the goal yeah he becomes less appealing i mean i i don't want to totally uh dogpile on him because i agree he's He's good good. he still looked pretty good he's good he's a good player but i mean just going back to the sword and shield thing i mean i think part of the um so you have these shields right i mean i don't want to like torture i don't want to belabor this this metaphor too much but you know I think part of uh, what you, you know what, what can be a really effective strategy and a strategy to really pick up some points is to is to move just a week or two early on these players that fall out of form a little bit, you know. Um, so you decide that Mount or um, or whomever is 
has to go. And instead of maybe waiting a couple of weeks, you just do it. You know, you just do it early. Uh, and you try to grab some form player or somebody's got, you know, Mason up coming around to fix or something like that. And sometimes just being one or week, one, you know, one or two weeks ahead before everyone kind of moves there. I mean, we kind of this is how it happens. You know, no one stays like under the radar for long, you know, like you, you sort of jump, you, you can jump from 10% to 20% to 30% to 40% ownership, you know, just a, you know, handful of weeks, you know, it can happen super quickly. So, um, yeah, I, I'm into this, I'm into that move as well. And their prices are pretty similar. I mean, you know, uh, Pulisic is only 0.6 more. Um, now granted some people did buy him out when he was 6 million, which makes it a little trickier, I think. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think he's. I I think that uh, Pulisic is right up there with um, with James Madison, um, as yeah. and I think all three of those are are amazing assets. And um, yeah, I think it's really tricky. I mean, I think you know people talk a lot about you know what do you want to double up with uh, with Sterling and or is, excuse me, do you want to double up with um, with Salah and Mane, you know, for their upcoming run? Um, but can you get close to their returns with some of these 7 million assets, you know, like, can you just do it for cheaper yeah. uh, and maybe put more yeah. money in your forward line? Like that's, that's a question I'm, I'm thinking about myself. Right. All right. We have one more question here before we uh, hit our next break. And it comes from FPL connect with such great value options at the back. Is it even worth it from a value point of view to buy premium at the back, like Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold Tamori Lundstrom and the other Sheffield United defenders, Plus Rico, Ake, Soyunju, the rest of the Leicester defense as well, all doing right. very well. So uh, where are you with with your defense right now, Josh, and your investment in premium versus bargain? Would I, I think the yeah. the main one that we have to talk about, speaking of Liverpool double ups, is a Trent plus Robbo double up. Robertson's form yeah. uh, has been gonna- exceptional the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about them in the next section. So I don't want to go too down that road right now. But um, yeah, it's kind of a fun. I was thinking about this uh, over the weekend and how uh, the Lundstrom thing alone has sometimes, and like the the I, I think the fantasy game does a great job with pricing in general, and players um, are. It's remarkable how accurate the pricing are with these players sometimes. Where someone like Salah comes in, and we're like, oh, he's done. You know, he was he played for Chelsea. He didn't do anything. Who cares what he did at Roma? Like you should bring him in at seven million or whatever. Uh, and but it's like nope, he comes in at nine point five. And when you have like these really cheap assets, and I think you can actually like you can include Tammy and Mount in there. It, it actually sort of makes the game. It, it, it makes it a lot easier for everyone to kind of have the same team uh, because it's it's almost irresistible to bring in these super cheap players. I mean, John Lundstrom scored a brace last week. You know, he's a four million defender. <laughs> at least he was. Yeah. How can you not have him? I mean, you have, yeah, like you you have to have him. You cannot not have him. You know, it would yeah. be it, it, fantasy suicide. You know, they've got a great run of fixtures yeah. coming up as well. Um, yeah. But I think the problem then is that everyone kind of has all the money they want to bring in the really expensive players too. And I think when they're um, so, it, it's just a reminder that uh, it really does a lot of like. When something like this happens with uh, with really low priced players, it can be kind of. I'm thinking about this as someone who's trying to climb up the rankings right now, and I'm like, God, you know, it's just it's really tricky because the teams are very similar right now, and it's because everyone can afford to have all the all the all the big players and the cheap players, you know. Right. Um, and I feel like maybe last season it wasn't quite that way. You had to make some some difficult choices, you know. And 
I don't know, but you know, but it doesn't last. I mean, and again, like you know, we're all holding on to Mount right now, but maybe, maybe he's got he's got to go, you know. And he was one of those low priced, you know, players. So, uh, but yeah, as far as the de- uh, the defensive value goes, um, it's a good question. I mean, you know, Liverpool just, I don't know. I mean, obviously they didn't, they didn't keep a clean sheet today. Maybe you wouldn't expect them to at home to Man City, but yeah, I mean, seven million for players who are effectively wingers. Uh, I mean, it's. It's not an easy answer, I don't think, you know, um, yeah. whether you want to have I, – I think having one of Rabo and Trent does seem like the right answer still. But uh, both is is a little harder for me to to really strongly argue for. Yeah, it's it's hard because they also have great midfielders who are expensive in Mane and Salah that you want a part of. Yeah. And just if you're looking at sort of spreading the cash around in the most – effective way and you know managing your risk uh, and also taking taking the right shots they have to if they can add clean sheets to their to continue with my business metaphor to their portfolio um then yes the trent rabo double up is on but if you're just gambling on who's going to get the assist or the goal week to week i'm content to just take one of them uh yeah there and my problem is to the larger uh, premium versus cheap defender issue is what I would brought up in my own team, looking at my game week 12 squad and my defense is really ragged because I've just decimated my defense. It's Trent plus a bunch of people that were picked up in a pickup truck by the side of the road. I need, <laughs> I need to reevaluate. Well, so who these is guys. it? It's Trent, Trent, Rico, Lundstrom. Yeah, Lundstrom, Matt Loughton, who you know has is right. is a, is the newest Scooby Doo mystery, and uh, Navarro. Let's see, Mark Navarro, who is a player for Watford, who's on loan somewhere. So I have okay. four playing <laughs> four playing defenders, one non-playing defender. One of them is a mystery. One of them plays for Bournemouth. So. So, so yeah, the Navarro think, like, thing was that like on, on your wild? I actually didn't even realize that was that like just on your wild card. You like just you needed the yeah. money, and I, yeah. yeah, I I wanted the money, and I have this stupid theory that's blown up on my face um, every single season where I get like <laughs> I try to find the most unknown cheap four goalkeeper or defender, usually someone who's in a lower league, and I'm like, well, no one is going to even jokingly bring them into their team so there will never be any yeah. transfer fluctuation but with these <laughs> even if only 50 people have them that only then it only takes like 10 of it's them all relative to sell. So it's all it's all relative for the price <laughs> pricing so this 4.0 defender navarro he's already down to 3.9 so it's already a disaster <laughs> Yeah. So I need so, to recalibrate yeah. there. But so it's, it's like it's like what I was saying in terms of like now we can I feel like I am a little more confident about trying to pinpoint differentials in the attack now because these goal scores uh, on the fringes are starting to emerge. And I think I'd say the same about defense. Like I finally feel like Lester. Yes, Lester is a good defensive outfit. I'm, I'm right. finally in, uh, ready to invest in them. Chelsea. So let me just, 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 yeah, I guess just to put a button on this, on this question, if you could have, let's just say it didn't blow up your team and you had, you had unlimited budget. Well, let's, let's say under 6 million because we already kind of eliminated Rabo from, from the double up there. Um, who's the one, who's the one player that you, that you would most want to have right now? 
um, you know, budget aside? I, I think it is Soyunju because I think Lester, as I've said time and time again, they're just going to get better and better and better this season. And watching Soyunju, he has the he plays the Virgil Van Dyke style of center back where he's anticipating, he's intercepting lots of passes, he's doing lots of things that are great for baseline bonus. And you saw that with his bonus that uh, he took home from the Arsenal match. On top of that, he's just active in the box and set pieces. He has, you know, he's only scored one goal in his entire short career in the Premier League, but he has it. So I just think I see him as a player that's getting better and he's playing in a great team and he has great baseline bonus. What's not to love? Yeah. And I guess I shouldn't say regardless of, uh, Price because of course that how can you ever divorce it right and you can still get you can get into the Leicester defense for under five million and you know as you said it's he looks great and they have a great run coming up so um, I think that's I think that's the answer I go with as well I, I do think Tamori has been awesome though too I know you're about to get there and I, I cut you off but uh, yeah he's not a player he's still only four point eight million um, you know talk again about a differential he's only seven point eight percent owned uh, which feels shockingly low does that not feel low yeah. to you considering it, it does the, Chelsea's just proving the haters wrong that everyone thought they're well just as a team they were going to fall apart some at some point um in the near term and that their defense wasn't very good at all I mean they've been some uh, the victim of some crazy deflected goals that have wiped out Chelsea clean sheets but on the whole I think that they're looking really good the fact that Aspilicueta is going to find it difficult to get into the team and um that James guy who played out on the right-hand side um, to cover Zaha over the weekend. He looked really good. Yeah. I think uh, he just has more pace than than Dave does. But they, they still have great players uh, all across that defense. Yeah, uh, Reese James is his name. Yes. Uh, five, five million, um, but yeah, did, did get a start in a clean sheet, so maybe one to... To maybe keep an eye out for, as you said, he was a, well. It was weird because he he played for Aspi, but I think he came in. Maybe he can play. In, he can play either side because I feel like he came in for. Um, I think he came in on the other side when he was subbed in a couple game weeks ago. So oh, um, he came in for like Alonzo, or he seems I, to. I thought so. He's yeah. got like a jack of all trades quality because I feel like they've played him farther forward in in games earlier this season. So on that note of neither of us knowing anything really about Reese James, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll get back. Not even his name. Not even his name. Uh, We'll take a quick break and we'll get back uh, with some Liverpool and Man City talk. I guess even more because we've already done lots of it already. Brandon and Josh, that's us. That's the cheaters. We love Harry's Razors because it offers quality, durable braids at a fair price. Did you know you were a cheater, Brandon? <laughs> you're, you're an always cheater. Uh, join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your special offer at harrys.com slash blue wire. Why try Harry's? That's blue wire one word, by the way. Why try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys who got tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's razors are available at just $2 per blade. This fall, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade for a close shave, a rich lathering shave gel that will leave you, branded, smelling great. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. add to that a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Brandon, we're going to the UK in yeah. February. It looks like looking more and more like February. We're uh, zeroing we do, in on the dates, yes. 
Yeah, exactly. Let's bring our, let's bring both of us bring our Harrys with us. Uh, listeners of our show can redeem a free trial set at Harrys.com slash blue wire. Once again, that's a free trial set at Harrys.com slash blue wire. Josh, let's take a minute for our great friends at Untuck It. We mentioned these shirts at the start of the podcast. We uh, got a couple in the mail and we love them. Hey, have you ever seen an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. That's why. Thankfully, there is Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. Josh, sometimes I'm walking around and I feel like, you know, if I tuck my shirt in, I'm going to look like Caesar Aspilicueta. Who always tucks his shirt in but all the mm-hmm. other guys are on the pitch they look much cooler they look much more composed with their Most naturally sala. untucked shirts mm-hmm. exactly yeah so no matter what your size or shape is untucked shirts always fall the perfect untucked length and with the holidays near there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade you can find your favorite untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-down, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code blue for 20 percent off at checkout that's untuck it u-n-t-u-c-k-i-t dot com and promo code blue for 20 percent off Brandon, we're back it's the liverpool and man city corner we've already talked about uh kind of all of their players a fair amount already uh so we're going to treat this uh lightning round style which means in theory that we spend 30 minutes 30 minutes yeah that's actually what it usually comes out to 30 <laughs> seconds uh on each question uh we're going to try to jump through all of these um and uh, just kind of give some some quick some quick takes i mean uh, what you do with your liverpool Man City players is so important to um how the next few game weeks go that uh, it's worth worth a little extra time um first question uh, just because we already talked about it already i want to get right to it it's from boston prof who says i see everyone saying trent over uh, robertson and the stats seem undeniable has trent just been unlucky recently and his form will revert what would it take for you to believe that robertson was the better pick over trent now i, I don't think that robertson's form for the record uh has been that poor right i mean he got an assist and uh last game week and he was creating so many chances that he got two bonus points uh despite the fact that it was a uh, you know, two one win, and uh, you know there were game winning goal scorers and things like that. So, yeah. uh, but nevertheless, Brendan, I ask you that question: What would it take for you to pick Robertson over Trent, maybe on a wild card, something like that? I, I guess the one thing that it would take would be money, because Alexander Arnold is point two more expensive. We we had this discussion last week where you know we tried to induct. Andy Robertson into the always cheating mutual appreciation, not mutual, but the always cheating appreciation society. And we ended Mm -hmm. up only talking about Trent in the process. And it came off like we just didn't respect Robertson as a player. And obviously he is fantastic and he's pivotal to what Liverpool are doing there. But there is something about Trent and what he offers just from an FPL perspective. Now, Robertson and Trent are both now to date on one goal and four assists, each of them on the season. So you'd say it's kind of a dead heat, but 
I'm just I'm investing also with the promise of future returns. I think Robertson will continue to tick along, but I guarantee you at the end of the season, Alexander Arnold is going to come out ahead. And that's why I think I say it's money, because if I had to go with Robertson because of money, I would happily, Mm -hmm. happily do so because he will still provide great FPL returns. I just I I am looking into the future and I will guarantee you Trent has the better you FPL what? FPL uh, hall at the end of the season. I feel so confident about this. I'm with you that Boston Prof who is a, who's a patron by the way Brandon and a professor. If Boston Pro- and a professor that's true. Um if and I'm with you and in fact Robertson has already spotted Trent 5 points on the season but I still agree with you. I feel so confident about this that we are going to send Boston Prof via PayPal or Venmo or whatever service that we're not advertising at all in this podcast, uh, a $5 reward if he is correct, Brandon. That, this is not a bet. He doesn't have to send us $5 if it doesn't work out. No. We're just going to send him nope. $5. It's, a, it's the $5 challenge. Uh, we're going to update you on this. Uh, never, probably. But if, if we're wrong, uh, we will send him uh, $5 in the mail. That's our promise, the virtual yeah. Yeah, it, it it's one of those one of those decisions that I I hate to make because I want to love both of them and I think they're both great and yeah. I mean, if if you look at the last two or three seasons what has made Liverpool so special well, it's like contributions from Mane and Salah but having these two fullbacks just playing out of their minds for the last couple of years yeah has been great to watch so I wish it's, we could have them both yeah. It's still There's madness so much that money. they have two clean sheets, two clean sheets in 12. And that's really the problem is that you're getting great returns from them, but you're getting the same returns that you would get from a, from a Mason Mount or something, yeah. you know, like you're just not getting any clean sheets and it, yeah. it feels kind of fluky still. I, you know, I, I think you and I were talking about this just on Gchat or something. Maybe it was last week's podcast or so apologies for repeating myself, but it reminds me of, of Man City last season where I felt like they had this run where they were conceding goals you know, like it was like just every week it was like one goal would slip in. Yeah. Um, and the defensive stance for them were amazing. And it was just a little – it's hard to keep a clean sheet. You know, like like little things happen, little kind of fluky things happen that, that can stop it. And um, I, I just think, you know, looking ahead to this upcoming run for Liverpool – this this will be the test, you know. I mean, there, there's no reason why they shouldn't be keeping clean sheets. I mean, their their team is almost identical to last year's. Last year's was great defensively, so it still feels a little fluky. And I, I don't know how much the Allison thing made a difference. I mean, I thought he looked really strong and commanding in today's match, and and so maybe we did underrate just how important he was to this team. Yeah. Uh, let me put it this way: um, to have maybe the last word on the Trent Robertson comparison is if I could put it in terms of double game week and always, you know, saving your triple captain for a double game week or a bench boost for a double game week. And it's, it's like, I'm not captaining a player in a double game week because I think they're going to score a hat trick in both games. I'm, I'm triple captaining them because they have doubled the chance to have a return. They have a second, a third, a fourth bite of the apple and I think right. that's why we would prefer Trent over Robertson is that Trent just has more opportunities to create because of the corner kicks and the dead balls. So it's, I, I guess that's maybe a, a simple way to put it is Trent is basically like a captain in a double game week where Robbo is a captain in a single game week. 
I just feel like you have to watch the match. I, I, you know, today's match was a little different uh, because, you know, I think he had to, contr- you know, control the threat of Sterling a little bit. I, mean, I was wondering at first why he wasn't on corner kicks. And I think, I think honestly, they're just so worried about Man City in the break that he, they didn't want him yeah. back there, you know, um, that far back. Um, they wanted, yeah. so that's why the, um, Henderson took them. Um, so, but I th- just think in general, I mean, he's, he's on all corners, he's on all set pieces. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, so let's let's move on to the next question. Uh, there's actually two. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them together because they kind of are, are tied together. Uh, Jeff Petter says Sterling looks electric and can't stop scoring in every game that is in the Premier League. KDB involved in everything on all set pieces, and the value is tied up in him. Who do I drop? And then Bryn Stewart says, "What more does KDB need to do? Every City player is inches away from all of his beautiful deliveries." <laughs> Yeah. So Sterling, there, this is a question that it must be close to your heart, Brandon, because you have Sterling, Guerrero, and KDB. <laughs> you know, it's a triple up that has not gone as well as you would have expected it to. Really, yeah. I, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it was kind of um, motoring along for a while, and now the wheels have come off, and they have. I have to disrupt that that grouping. I, and I've thought a long time about who I'm going to drop. KDB is probably the the best option because if you talk about FPL points, floors, and ceilings, where KDB's ceiling is probably quite a bit lower than Sterling's. Sterling is capable of incredible explosive performances. Now, for him, this season, they're kind of coming on a monthly basis as a – to a weekly yeah. basis so kdb he takes along but he's he going to blow up your overall rank if you don't have the ticking kdb versus having the explosive sterling so i lean toward keeping sterling the only appeal to dropping sterling is then it's basically a straight swap to get in sala or Mane, which i do find really appealing what i what i want to talk more about is what do we think actually it's it's like, how, how do you fit these pieces into your FPL team? I just don't know where I stand emotionally with Manchester City right now or what I make of yeah. their form. So maybe I just want to drop them all. Yeah, it's the injuries have just killed them, I think. And um, you know, especially a team that's so reliant on playing through the back, you know, and they're just uh, – they just don't, they don't. There's nothing fluid about them, and it feels like their their game plan today was just for Sterling to kind of wriggle his way into a tight spot and make a good decision. You know, it didn't yeah. feel like there was. I mean, Bernardo scored the goal and up the bonus points, but I, I didn't feel like I felt like everything was going to the left. Yeah. Um, you know, they were not uh, getting enough people forward at all against Liverpool. Yeah. When you yeah. when they transitioned the ball, it was just basically Sterling and De Bruyne against four or five. Liverpool players and yeah, yeah. they just couldn't how could they ever you know, hope one to thing, break through that defense one thing we were saying um, when we were watching the match the Black Horse Day too was uh, it, you know it felt like uh, we, we, we maybe underrated how important David Silva is uh, David Silva is yeah. to this team you yeah. know and uh, the way he he kind of links the midfield to, you know to the forwards and um, he's just so he's so he's such a beautiful passer, you know, and has such great vision. And having David Silva in the middle, and then also missing Leroy Sane, who gives them the width. So imagine Silva taking up the the middle space, Sane out wide, 
Sterling has more of a free role. And I don't think De Bruyne was helped be being played in that number 10 role because his vision and his ball playing is such he, it's better for him to float maybe a little wider, or maybe a little farther back. And it just, they were missing so many pieces. So if it's going to continue on like this for a while, I mean, granted Liverpool were the better team and city will not find it as tough to get men forward against future opposition. But it's, yeah, you just you wonder if if the wheels are coming off a little bit. Yeah, I I don't know, and obviously they're 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 in fourth place now, which is kind of kind of shocking. Um, but I you know I, I don't think it lasts. I think they still end the season you know uh, easily in second place, and I just think it's kind of a bad run. I mean, I know they've they've been winning most of these matches still, but it hasn't been easy. You know that Southampton match wasn't easy. Um, I suppose the Aston Villa match was fairly straightforward, but it, it does feel like they're struggling right now. And uh, um, but maybe the international break resets things a little bit. I, I still have a lot of faith. I mean, I still think uh, um, Sterling to me. I, I, I'm still thinking of him as really like a season keeper. I mean, just a player who I, I just want to ride through thick and thin. And maybe I change my mind at some point, um, but I'm certainly not going to make any decisions based on how they play away to Liverpool. Um, you know, that's just not an easy match. And, uh, I thought he actually played pretty well today. Um, yeah, I don't think he got a ton of help. I thought he was really active and aggressive and, um, sort of everyone, everyone says that he doesn't play well, um, at Anfield or hasn't done it since he's, uh, joined Man City. And I think it's probably true, but I, I thought he, um, it wasn't for lack of effort today. Yeah, he certainly, if, if it were a game of rugby, he certainly got the ball to the end line many times. So. <laughs> Oh, I mean, he should have been. He, I can't believe he didn't get a yellow card. Uh, but I'm just. I thought he was. He played with fire, you know. Like I, th- I don't know that everyone else played with the same fire that that he did today. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the next question, which comes from FPL Ant. Looking at the ticker, City fixtures look tough until game week 18. Until they get very strong, are we overestimating City's hard fixtures coming up? Say home Chelsea, home United, away Arsenal in the next five. So. I'm kind of um, uh, I'm I'm slagging off City right now, yeah. Based basically just on one performance. Do we still think City are fixture proof? If you look at home Chelsea in uh, game week thirteen, then it's Newcastle yeah. and Burnley both away. Then a Manchester derby, interesting matchup at at the Etihad in game week sixteen, followed by Arsenal away. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I don't. I mean, I, I like I. I don't want any one other defense. Um, I think that's look. That's pretty much a, a given at this point, um, right? I mean, they don't have, you know, especially with Ederson out now too. It's just a complete mess. There's nobody you'd want um, in that defense, um, and they don't keep clean sheets anyway. Uh, you know, the forward lines. I don't. I don't really want any of their forwards either. And so then the question is, you know, how many how many of their midfielders do you want, if any? And for me. I, I refuse to go without a Man City midfielder. <laughs> I just think they're too they're too attacking. Uh, I mean, it's not like they're going to be kept scoreless a, a ton, you know. And then I, so, I mean, having just one feels like you're talking about the shield thing before. I mean, to to, to go into Man City matches without anybody from their team, I just I don't want to be in that position. And um, and I, I don't really. I mean, Chelsea at home, they'll score in that one. Newcastle, Burnley away. I think those, you know. Expect them to win those matches. Man United at home, that that's a win. Arsenal away, that's like a they get score six in that one, you know. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think I had a lot to get off my chest. I was so we were enjoying watching Liverpool uh, beat City, but at the second half, I think it was FPL frustrations because I'm so heavily invested in Manchester City that I started pointing out to you like every single thing that I thought City was doing wrong. So I think just <laughs> yeah. based on that match, I can overstate what I think the problems are. But yeah, they still are a phenomenal attacking organism and they will the fact of the matter is right yeah just on basic fpl um fpl standards they will score goals so this is really what we're only interested in right now with man city as you said no defenders so if we think that they just will continue to score goals then sure why not uh Stay stay with one of the attacking assets that makes the most sense to you, whether it's Sterling or De Bruyne. I just think it's all down to money. Um, yeah, I, I think either one is fine between those two, too. I, I, I don't have a strong opinion about who the better one is. I I just think that KDB is still feeling the effects of that injury a little bit. And I think that I don't know, but he looked very good today. I, I don't know. It's ultimately he's not the one who's scoring most of the goals for them. And so if, you know, I don't know. So I, I guess if it's a tiebreaker, I'm going to go with the player who's the goal scorer, who is Raheem Sterling. And I, I'm willing to pay a bit of a premium for that too. So, all right. Uh, we have uh, one more question. Uh, Christopher said, um, this is the Liverpool. We're going back to Liverpool for a second. Uh, Christopher said, did anyone detect Salah limping when he went off? I mean, he just limps everywhere now, doesn't he? Like limps to the bus <laughs> in the morning. And uh, Liverpool have been treating him for a stubborn ankle injury lately. And despite looking sharp early on, he has noticeably lost a lot. He, lo- he noticeably lost a lot of fizz later on in the match. Um, despite his 72 points, is he the best use of 12.3 million right now? <laughs> I I have him, so I'm biased. So you you answer this yeah. question. Um, based on the last week, I think he is worth it because uh, watching Liverpool's Champions League match, Salah was very fleet of foot. Lots of magic little touches. His assist to Oxlade Chamberlain for his goal midweek was sensational. He played the full ninety. Uh, and that I know gave you, Josh, some confidence going into this Man City match with Salah. And I thought he looked really good. And you posted on our Twitter feed the um, the uh, cartoon of Wiley Coyote from the Looney Tunes running, and his legs were just a blur. And that's what Mo Salah looks like when he's like in peak condition. His legs are just spinning uh, like a blur. He did look like he tweaked his ankle a little bit. There was that one moment where the medical staff had to come on the pitch, but then he was fine yeah. after. These ankle injuries are just going to stick around forever. He's always going yeah. to be dealing with it. But I think what I would say ultimately for Salah is that I think he is just a crazy competitive psychopath, and he mm-hmm. can see full well what's happening at Liverpool. He can see full well that if Liverpool win and he is the, the league and he's a part of it, he's just a legend and he wants to be a part of that. He's going to play as much as he can the rest of his career be damned. I think he's going to yeah. put as many injections in that ankle as he wants to, <laughs> as he wants or needs yeah. to, be, meaning that I just don't think he's a huge FPL risk at the moment. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know goal scorers, especially players like him, they, you know they need they need confidence. I mean, I'm not 
break any ground here, but uh, you know, I just think he's he now has he's got two goals in his last three Premier League matches. You know, uh, and granted, one of them was a penalty, but the goal that he scored today is a was the the goal a goal taken by a confident player. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful cross by Robertson, absolutely, but he still has to absolutely turn on the jets, you know, and, 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 you know, and be in position. And then it, the ball comes off the bounce too. You know, it's very tricky. And he just, you know, it was, I mean, it was, it was a very confidently taken header. Um, I thought, you know, on the fly like that. So um, that to me is a sign of a player in form. He also had a great strike near the end of the first half that um, could have been a goal too. Um, you know, just booted the hell out of it. And I felt like he wasn't hitting the ball that hard a few weeks ago. And so I wonder if that's his confidence is back a little bit where he's just, you know, this is like the way he takes penalties usually too, which is that he just like stands there and just hits it as hard as he possibly can, yeah. uh, and it's you know it's very hard to defend those, that type of penalty. So um, yeah, I I think he's worth it too. Um, I the Mane thing. I mean, I think Mane. I think they're both. I think they're both valuable. I I I, I mean, I'm, I double up. I I don't think is insane um, given their run of fixtures and and given that Klopp works with a pretty tight squad. I mean, it's not like. Uh, you know, it's not like Man City where any given game week you're not going to see a Raheem Sterling or something, you know. Um, I mean, you know, God, it's four four double-digit returns now in the season for, for Sadio Mane. He's got seven goals and four assists. Uh, Salah's got um, six goals and three assists. So, um, you know, Mane is a little bit ahead of him. I, but again, I just feel like when you, when you watch these matches, it still feels like Salah's the one who's more involved. And you know, I think Mane actually got a little lucky today uh, to score that goal. Um, so anyway, I don't know about that, Joshua. No, you think? Well, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I guess he was in the perfect position, so I've got to give him some credit there. I, I do think that yeah. Ederson would have saved that. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> you know, Bra- Bravo is, uh, he's happy to, uh, oblige if somebody shoots at him. I think, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how it looks after game week 38 between Mane and Salah, because I just think Mane has been clearly the more consistent player i think he is he's it's a different level of involvement because i think sal is more of a ball carrier and mane is just a straight up positional player and the ball comes to him and he does what he needs to do with it whereas sal will pick the ball up or run onto it and carry it for a bit so i don't know if that's deceiving but um i don't want to get into the whole um he has penalties and he doesn't have penalties but I would be willing to make a friendly wager with you uh, mm-hmm. versus Mane versus Sala for total FPL points at the end of the season. Well, I mean, Mane's got an 11 point lead. So, I mean, are you spotting me 11 points or, you know, I mean, straight up, I guess I, I get, I would have to take Mane at this point as well. I mean, okay. 11 points, you know, that's a, there's not a, there's not a lot between them. I don't think, you know, um, okay. Okay. But I also, I mean, it's, it's actually, I'm glad you said this because when you put it that way, I honestly don't know what the answer is. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what people who are listening want us to say. I mean, maybe it's just like just talking about it as part of what makes it um, helps you to sort out your thinking a little bit. But I, I just don't feel like I can come on this podcast and say definitively that one is a better asset than the other, especially now that they're so close in price. Um, you know, I just don't have a strong opinion on who's more valuable. I, I lean towards Sala, but it's not, not in an overwhelming way. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. That's, that's where we landed. That's where we landed. Game week 13 comes up in two weeks. We'll be back next week with a standard always treating podcast. 
but uh, we're not going to preview it yet because um, you know better to wait until some of these international matches have been played. See if anybody gets injured. See if anybody uh, hits some form. Although you know Puki hit amazing form uh, with Finland uh, last month, and that didn't really make a difference for for <laughs> Norwich. So you can you can overrate Premier League form a little bit too. If yeah. you uh, want to talk more about fantasy over the next couple of weeks or, or anything, really, uh, you can become a Patreon uh, and uh, you can join us on the Slack. That's uh, patreon.com slash alwayscheating is where you can join. And uh, Brandon, you want to do some producer thank yous? Yeah, big thank you, of course, always to our producers, Andy Portlock, Peter Bodictel, Barry McGuire, Paul Herzig, Victor Forberg Skogang, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stan Niehaus, Kaya Christine Lelang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kean Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Chris Carter, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DePietro. Thank you so much, Patreon. And thank you, a special thank you to Kaya for the uh, the poem that we read off in today's podcast. So if you are, and only, only patrons get that, Brandon. So <laughs> if you have a poem and you'd like us to read it, uh, uh, become a uh, Patreon uh, supporter at patreon.com slash always cheating. If you'd like to uh, review the podcast, uh, maybe don't mention all the poetry uh, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> Google Play. Acast Stitcher, uh, we'd love it if you just want to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we do a new one every week, and that would be great. Uh, you can follow us on social media as well. We're at Hail Cheaters, H A I L Cheaters on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is also Hail Cheaters. Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us at any time, uh, Hail Cheaters at gmail.com. We try to get to those um, as soon as we can. Uh, kind of same with uh, direct messages. And you can visit our website at alwayscheating.com. Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you in a week. Enjoy the break. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com